Are the Mariners done? And if not, what should their next move be? We'll answer that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, February 5th, 2024. This is Tidings is Austin. Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 winning bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial and check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. This is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions, and we're going to start here with M's fan Juan Carlos, who wants to know if the Mariners were to make one more move this offseason, which would you like to see and why? So, Colby, are the Mariners done after adding Gregory Santos and Jorge Polanco? And if they're not, what do you think they'll do? And what do you think they should do? Yeah, tough to say, uh, you know, as somebody who called the Gregory Santos trade like, I don't know, a year ago now. We get it, um, Colby. You're so smart. You have the biggest brain in the entire mm-hmm. world. It's massive, huge. Darn right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least I'm not out here just clout chasing. Uh, so, clout uh, strikes again. Um, yeah, you know, it's tough to say because a couple of weeks ago we were talking, we had a show where we're like, Whit Merrifield is a totally fine cap to, to the off season. It's been a pretty good off season. And, you know, I just don't want them to, you know, do what they did in the past and just kind of like, no, we'll just, we'll worry about the bench with our own guys and all that stuff. And then bam, they, they acquire mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco. And then after Polanco gets in and we, we kind of, you know, let the dust settle there. We're like, okay, they're probably done now. Like, there's not much to add. And, you know, Jerry went on the radio and said like, no, we're probably going to replace Topo from within. Like we're, we're probably going to just use our bullpen guys we have here. And then two days later, bam, here's Gregory Santos. So like the inclination is to say, yeah, they're done. I mean, there's not a lot to add to this roster uh, as it stands right now. It's, it's pretty much filled out, but we said that, you know, before they traded for Polanco, we said that after they traded for Polanco and, we're going to fall for the same mistake here after Santos. I don't know to now the difference is that there isn't a glaring hole anymore yeah. on this roster. You have that high leverage arm you need. You have, you know, the, the second baseman uh, that you wanted that extra infielder. So now you're talking about like bench guys, or you're talking about going out and getting an everyday player and pushing can zone off the roster. Uh, is kind of your option, or you could go get a, a more of a middle reliever type, like a true Topa replacement. Um, so there are some spots you can go out and get, but there's not a glaring hole on this roster right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I would venture to say they're mostly done. I mean, they might yep. make a waiver claim, they might sign, you know, another like Austin Both type of guy, but I don't think they're going to go get it. You know, like a potential impact uh, ad. I, they have somewhere between six to ten million dollars, I believe left in, in payroll and they're probably going to, want to save a little bit of that for the deadline in, or, you know, just during the season in case something comes up. So, you know, what can you get for four or 5 million bucks on this free agent market? Not a ton. So 
I don't think there's a like a big move coming. There might be an, an Austin both. There might be a you know a, a very middle, very definition of a middle reliever uh, coming down the pipeline. But I don't see like a, a big like wow like show like I don't think they're going to go out and and get Blake Snell right. I don't think they're going to go out and get Bellinger. They're not going to go get Solaire. Like I don't think they're going to do anything like that. But could they go, still go get a? I don't know. Uh, I guess Whit Merrifield. Like I guess they could. Could they go get a Tommy Pham? I guess. But I, I don't think right. it's going to be anything that is going to be, um, like exciting. Uh, I sure. guess I think it's just going to be a move. If they do make another move, it's just going to be like, okay, cool. I, so, I get what something that here. solidifies the back end of their position player group even more than it is right now. Right. Well, um, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's Johnny Cueto, and then they just say, okay, well now we're going to push Wu to the minors for a couple months. Yeah, like yeah. something like that. I I could definitely see that. Um, what would I prefer? Um, I think this might be the year that they finally heavily consider going to a seven man bullpen. Um, cause you look at the, the arms that they have in tow right now, a seven man bullpen consisting of, you know, the top three guys, then Spire, Saucedo, one of Vargas or Kowar, and then Thornton. I think that's a, that's a great bullpen to, to roll into the season with. Um, you know, and you sure. you can let Crable and and Voth and all those guys kind of duke it out in, in spring training and try to force the Mariners' hand on that front. But if they go to a five man bench, then I think it's pretty clear like they can they can basically do whatever they want with that last mm-hmm. bench spot. They can go out and get another outfielder, which I think is is still fairly important to this roster. Getting a guy that can play all three outfield spots at at least a, an average rate. Um, they could go get a Whit Merrifield. Here's the other thing too, right? And you mentioned this a little bit. Mary's Twitter is going to hate me for saying this, but Tom Canzone doesn't need to be on this roster. He doesn't need to be guaranteed a roster spot at all, at all. So Welcome if you locked on ASMR, that's right. So if you want to go out and get Adam Duvall, if you want to go out and get Tommy Pham, uh, but you still want to roll with an eight man bullpen. Okay. Start Canzone out in AAA. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Side note on that. Why are we assuming Canzone is going to be the guy over Marlowe? Because they both pretty much have the same amount of play, to, like major league experience at this point, and Marlowe was better. I, I think they just and flat out like Canzones. I think they just like Canzones upside more. They believe so you're that saying Canzone there's can no be... shot whatsoever that they would carry Marlowe over Canzone because I think there is. Like I don't think that that's. I don't. Not, I think the Mariners would prefer if Canzone took that job and ran with it. But with what he's my got understanding less of the how, major league level than Marlowe does, so yeah. But with what my understanding of how they feel uh, about Canzone is, I just I think they they see him taking a, a significant leap forward. I don't know if they feel the same way about Marlowe, but again, yeah. he he doesn't need to be guaranteed a spot on this roster, not at all. No. So if you can go out, if if you can still make a trade for Max Kepler, you know, I know they inquired and that didn't really go anywhere, according to Morosi. But if they you know circle back on that. Max Kepler still makes a lot of sense for this roster. Uh, mm-hmm. and I obviously would feel a lot better about Kepler over, over Canzone, at least in the interim. Yeah. Maybe they go out and they do some kind of combo deal and they get uh, Jesus Sanchez and JT Sharkwall from the Marlins. Sure. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of the lefty. But I, I think they'd probably prefer a left-handed hitting outfielder. But yeah, FAM still makes sense, uh, particularly if you're going to go with a, an extended uh, bench, which they've never done. So 
we'll see. But yeah, I don't think like I don't think Matt Chapman's signing a one year deal here. I don't no. think Blake Snell's taking a big enough discount where it makes sense for the Mariners. Um, I don't think they're trading their pitchers at this stage. Like, but again, you know, we thought they were done a couple weeks ago, and now yeah. we have two new All Star caliber players. So, yeah, yeah. who knows. We shall see. We are going to answer more of your questions in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I'm sure a lot of us Seahawks fans are going to be hate watching the 49ers and cheering on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But the only thing I would love more than seeing the 49ers go home crying is winning some cold, hard cash on FanDuel. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So on tomorrow's show, because we are, of course, back to our five-show-a-week schedule here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, you guys will be hearing from Mariners left-handed reliever Taylor Saucedo, uh, who talked a little bit with me about uh, his preparation this winter, uh, you know, his success last year, the Mariners pitching lab, and even meeting Pete Carroll. Some cool stuff in there, so I, I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, but let's get back into your questions here. Daisy and the Dingo wants to know, do you think Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander have largely abandoned the notion of leaving a spot open for young, unproven guys like in years past? Kind of, but they're still kind of doing that with Canzone like we just talked about. Yeah, Dom Canzone is still very much likely to make this roster. Yeah. So, like, they clearly they put more emphasis on getting veterans on their bench uh, and, you know, getting actual quality like bench roles and, and depth roles. Like they've gotten quality players to fill those roles instead of counting on Jose Caballero, you know, and, and those type of guys and hoping that somebody comes out of nowhere and saves us. No, they've, they've gotten, you know, tranches of, of solid major league contributors to go to if somebody fails. So um, it, it's yes and no, but they are still leaving up a pretty, you know, desirable roster spot for Dom Canzone who, I think is going to hit at some point. Is it going to be this year? I don't know. And that's a little concerning because he's probably going to play, you know, 115 games, give or take. So, yeah, uh, the answer is kind of, but not a hundred percent. 
Next question here is an anonymous one from our Google form. Hey guys, you may have answered this already, but if healthy, where do you see Emerson Hancock starting the year? Uh, I suppose it may depend on how spring trading goes, but would you keep him on the 26 man as a long reliever slash six star, uh, starter option or start him in Tacoma or even Arkansas to get some regular starts? And that's because I was looking over the 40 man and it looks like there's going to be some crunch to reduce the bullpen to eight, even if they don't make any more moves. And I believe this question was asked before they added Santos. So um, maybe that's why he added that last part. Uh, Hancock should start the year in the minors. Doesn't really matter to me if it's Tacoma or or Arkansas. Um, he's depth though. You you need pitching depth, especially because you know guys like Marco Gonzalez are gone, and you don't know if you're going to get anything out of Taylor Dollard. Uh, they haven't so far signed Tommy Malone or a Tommy Malone type uh, to kind of stash away in AAA. So Hancock's basically the sixth guy right now. Like if if an injury happens in the rotation, it's probably Hancock or it's Austin Voth uh, who's getting that call. Um, and then you're talking about guys like Darren McCacken, Jimmy Joyce that group of, of, of pitchers as well. I, I believe uh, Jerry also mentioned Reed Van Scooter is uh, another guy to uh, to throw into that mix. Uh, so, yeah. So th- that's the level of pitcher that we're talking about right now, though. Uh, Hancock is important to this team from that perspective, though. Uh, but, yeah, you stash him away. Th- there's no point in putting him in the bullpen. That's why you brought in Awesome Voth, uh, partly, is is to kind of fill that role that you're essentially talking about Hancock potentially filling. Uh, so there's no need for Hancock to do that. Just let him start, you know, make sure that he's healthy and, and let him kind of rehab still uh, in a way and, and get his feet back under him. And, um, you know, at some point, you know, knock on wood, hopefully this doesn't happen. But at some point, you're probably going to need him over the course of the season. Sure. Uh, I think they'd probably start him in double A. They really like to avoid sending their yeah. premier pitching prospects, which I struggle to put that tag on Hancock. But you guys know what I mean. Sure. Uh, they usually avoid those guys pitching in the PCL because it's a dumpster fire. Uh, so, yeah, I think they'd probably send him to double A. And, and yeah, he's the sixth guy, but there's really zero point in putting him in the bullpen because it's really hard to, you know, keep a guy in the bullpen for three months. And then when you need him to start just to go out and throw five innings for you, right. He's probably only going to go two or three, whereas you keep him stretched out in the minors, he's going to be able to come up and give you five or six innings when you need him to, or if you do eventually want to move him into the bullpen uh, for a little while, that's a much easier transition than the opposite way. So you have both, you have Thornton. If you just need a spot start here and there, Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think they're, they're covered there, or I do think they're covered in that regard. And then if somebody has to go on the IL, uh, then Hancock's probably, uh, you know, first guy up, uh, if the roster stays like it is now and if he's healthy, both of which are pretty big ifs. So, uh, yeah, you just stash him in triple or in, in the minors, probably double A and there's no point whatsoever in, in moving him to the bullpen at the start of the season in the middle of the year, maybe. But as of right now, no, no point. Steve wants to know, do you have more confidence in Josh Rojas or Luis Urias to produce at third base? Uh, it's close. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's pretty close. Um, I'll go with Urias, actually, though. Uh, and, and part of it is because I think he's going to be the better defensive third baseman than Rojas. Rojas has a stronger arm, but Ro, uh, but Urias is just better overall, better range. Uh, he's really good moving to his left, which is very important because J.P. Crawford is not particularly good moving to his right. Uh, so that certainly helps in, in, in that department. I also just think that the bat has higher upside. Hmm. I'll take Rojas just to spite you. Oh, okay. Cool. 
So, so now I'm I'm the bigger Luis Urias guy. If you want to believe that, if you, you want to believe it. that, you go ahead. I think I think Rojas is underrated. Next question here from Mariners to the Moon: Will Tremel have an inside track to a roster spot given that he doesn't have any options left? Will they trade him for something? And are they okay with the uh, DFA in him and getting nothing from him or for him? I guess is what you were trying to in say. In order, no, no, and yes. Yeah, um, I just don't see how he makes the roster unless injuries happen, multiple injuries happen, because I think Marlowe's probably ahead of him. Now, because of the lack of options, would they, you know, like, let's say Canzone goes down in spring, get knock on wood, right? But let's say Canzone goes down or... Probably more likely Hanniger, but sure. Or Hanniger, right, whatever. Right, so because of the lack of options, would they instead just go to Trammell to see if there's maybe something there, if he's tapped into something just for a couple of weeks, and then if it doesn't work out, they go to Marlowe and DFA Tremel, maybe. But other than that, I just don't see how he makes this roster. So I I, I fully believe that at some point over the next few weeks, he's either getting traded or, or DFA'd. Yeah. Um, not going to have any trade value, so you're probably trading him for cash. Or play yeah, the game later. Anyways. Yeah, I think you. So, I think you can get like. Yeah, I think you can get like the Samad Taylor return for him, which is probably like fifty thousand dollars in cash or something like yeah, that. I mean, and that's about who knows. It. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I think if he, you know, looks good in spring, and I, I don't mean statistically, I that doesn't matter at all. But like, if he's not chasing right, if he's not striking out a ton, if he's having good quality at bats. Uh, then yeah, I, I think you know if it comes down to like a tiebreaker scenario, maybe. But I think Taylor Trammell really needs the seven man bullpen to have any shot to make this roster. Yeah. Um, and that seems unlikely. And they also needs them to not bring in a veteran outfielder because that's pretty yeah. much the kiss of death for for Taylor Trammell. Well, yeah. And would they sacrifice a bullpen arm to force Taylor Trammell on the roster? I don't really only see if, it. Only if he was really looks great. Maybe, yeah. but yeah, probably not. It's a bummer. Um, yeah, really like Taylor, but yeah, we're big fans of reason, Taylor here. Yeah, there's a reason he's run out of time in Seattle. He hasn't performed. Yeah, you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. We got a couple more questions to answer before we get out of here. Daisy and the Dingo with another question here wants to know, do you expect the same nine to 10 ish teams in the AL all competing for the six playoff spots again this year? Or do you see any shakeups? It's still so hard to tell because there's so many free agents out there and, and teams could look a lot different in, in a couple weeks time. Um, but yeah, I, I do suspect that it's mostly going to be the usual suspects in the mix in, in the AL from last year to this year, because a lot of teams have just stood pat. Uh, this offseason the division that i would look at for for shakeups is the central because the twins have gotten worse and the tigers seem to be kind of on the come up they had a really strong second half this past year they can really really pitch it's just it all comes down to you know can they get enough offense and then you know the royals were such a tough out last year for being a 100 plus loss team and they've added to their roster just you know solid con- contributing pieces but they've been one of the more active teams all all offseason and of course, they just extended Bobby Wood Jr., who I think is going to have uh, a great year. Um, so maybe the Royals could get in the mix there uh, in the Central. I don't think any of those teams are going to be in the mix for the wild card. It's just you got to win the division or you're, or you're out uh, in the Central. Um, but given that the the Twins have gotten worse, and I would say significantly so this this winter, 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we looked up and, you know, August and the Tigers and the Royals are right there. I think we might be overlooking Cleveland a little bit. They're always decent and, and they're going to make a lot of contact. They have a couple of stars. Yeah. Uh, we know that they can develop pitching. So I, I wouldn't discount Cleveland uh, so quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels like it's Tampa, Toronto, Baltimore in the East, New York, maybe. Jumps I, think into Toron- thing. I think Toronto is going to take a step back. I don't like what they've done this offseason. Yeah, they might. Um, you know, the Yankees... There's a lot of holes on that roster. There's a lot of, you know, landmines on that roster. So even though they've done some things, it's it's still, yeah. you know, not great. It's not a great roster and still an aging roster. So uh, yeah, and then I think I think Texas is one of the teams that hasn't gotten better. That was in the mix last year that yep. might take a step back this year. So maybe not Texas, but yeah, I think Seattle, Houston, Texas, the three teams in the AL East. And then pretty much any team I think can win the central. I'd be pretty shocked if, if Kansas City did a year after losing 106 not, games. Not the White Sox. White Sox won't, but White Sox might be sneaky good. And by that I mean like 75 wins. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. like they, they could play some defense now. And you know, they got some interesting arms and and you know, some young guys coming up. But yeah, I, I, I feel like yeah, it's probably gonna be the nine or ten teams we expect battling for six spots and, and by August it'll be seven teams it'll be like four teams battling for the last two spots yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't suspect that um especially if the mariners are more so in the mix for the wild card rather than the division that they're going to have a a lot of teams to either leapfrog or or hold off in that department Uh, especially once we get into the later stages of the season i think there's a very clear gap between like the top five teams in the american league and then the rest yeah i think the uh the nl is a little more unpredictable yeah, the NL is going to be really fun. Really excited to see how that shakes out. All right, last question of the day. Uh, There's another uh, question from our Google form. This one comes from Michael. Ahoy, guys. Let's get unhinged again. What is your go-to meal at T-Mobile Park and Rogers Center when you watch a game? Hope you all have a great day. Hashtag part of the crew. Colby, what's your go-to ballpark snack? Hot dogs. Yeah. Why? Sorry, what country are we in? <laughs> Well, I'm, it's America. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, you're I'm, like America's little brother. So, right, like, right. this is America. You have hot dogs and you have a cold drink on a warm summer day. That's what you do at baseball mm-hmm. games, right? Miss me with your wine and your sushi. Like, be an American. <laughs> Eat a hot dog, drink a cold drink, and shut the hell up. How about that? Uh, but now, I mean, like, T-Mobile's got some really good options. Not gonna lie. Uh, uh, you know, they, what, what's uh, uh what, what is it? Moto pizza. Moto pizza is very popular. It's, yeah. it's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Would I stand in line for three innings for it? Absolutely not. Which nope. some people did, but yeah. if I happen to get there early enough and I can, you know, get a, you know, a pizza before. Yeah, I'll, I'll do pizza. Um, I like the, the bottomless sodas, but that's kind of a trap because mm-hmm. it's like 11 bucks and you get like a cup. That's like, like this big. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, well, that that's a good bargain. I just go and I'll just fill that up. The problem is I don't want to leave my seat during the game. <laughs> I, I want to watch the right. game. So I end up spending 11 bucks on one like soda, which right. is only like five bucks more than the smaller size. But mm-hmm. yeah, for me, you just get a couple of value dogs and then you get uh, your bucket of Coke 
and then you just sit there and you just watch the baseball game. Um, but Moto pizza is very good. Um, I know that, uh, I like garlic fries are kind of a staple. I don't like garlic fries though. Um, so for me, it's a hot dog and it's a couple hot dogs and a soda. Uh, pizza is also acceptable. Um, don't get nachos at the ballpark. It's a big ripoff. It's, it's the worst bang for your buck. Uh, and then for like dessert, like red vines or red rope, Mm. like licorice is, is a good, that's a, uh, that's a good call. Food. That's a good call. Yeah. Roger center food sucks. <laughs> if you guys watch the, uh, Aaron Goldsmith interview, we talked about the infamous Roger center chicken tenders that they just leave out. Like they've, they made them God knows how long ago and they're just out there. <laughs> they made them at sitting. the beginning of the year and then they they're just literally take them out of the freezer. Yeah. They're literally just sitting out in the open. <laughs> you pick it up and, and with fries in the basket too, just out there in the oh. open. The fries are just dry and stale. It's terrible. Uh, so not the chicken tenders is what I'm saying. Hot dog and then beer. Cool. I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy having a great time at the ballpark. Right? Because Ty has to drink to enjoy baseball because <laughs> he's not a real fan. Right. Uh, the the. Tuesdays at Rogers Center are super clutch because that's dollar hot dog night. So you go there, get a couple of dollar hot dogs, go up to the 500 level, you know, because that's usually where I'm sitting anyway, because the view is actually pretty good up at the 500 level at Rogers Center. Go up to the 500 level, go to the dugout deals, get a $5 beer, get a couple of those, get a couple of $1 hot dogs. You're going to have a great night at the ballpark. Tuesdays are what's up. And the Mariners are here on a Tuesday this year. So, yeah. Oh God, I'm not bailing you out. Um, yeah, don't sleep on the 300 level at uh, Mariner games either. Uh, we only have 300 levels because, you know, we're smarter than you. Uh, but 300 level, you get great view. The lines are always shorter. And uh, you basically have all the food options you do downstairs, uh, including, you know, Ivers. So if you're in the mood for some uh, clam, ch- clam chowder, maybe. Oh, really? You want to take in a nice soup? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think there used to be like... I think Azelle's chicken used to be in T-Mobile Park, and and that's you know really good stuff. But yeah, you know See, uh, that's the thing that like Rogers Center is lacking. There isn't like a there isn't a clam chowder spot. There isn't anything unique like that. It's just like every basic. single food vendor spot. It just has the same five items, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chick chick boom is kind of a fun one. Uh, it's it just is that Shaq's thing. I don't know, but their logo is just two chickens and then like a boom sign from like oh, the okay. comics. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you want some chicken and yeah, you know, Seattle, of course they have, they, they have the grasshoppers. They have, they I have, try those. They, I want to try those just for, for the sake of it. Well, if you ever come to the game, yeah, you know, we can sit there and I can watch you eat your nasty grasshoppers. Yeah. That's what I think is called gourmet toast. Like that is an option at T-Mobile park. Uh, yeah, which is just like a Nutella off. banana toast. Like that's all it means. <laughs> Cormet yeah, toast. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's hot dogs, it's a soda, uh, pretzels occasionally, uh, <laughs> if they're the deal of the day or whatever. But hey, Mariners, how about you don't charge an extra four dollars for that much nacho cheese? How big does your yacht have to be, John Stanton? Good lord. It, it is- is that really what it is? Four dollars. It's nacho like four cheese? extra dollars for the little cup Jesus. of cheese with your pretzel. Jeez, man. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, at Rogers Center, they've installed a bunch of new fancy bars that I'm sure you guys saw when the when the Mariners were playing there. Uh, there's one out in right field. There's a couple in the 500 level now. Um, they're overpriced. BS. Of course they are. Of course yeah. They are. Let us know in the comments uh, where you like to eat at the ballpark. I know, uh, like, I've never been to Edgar's. Is that a good spot? Like, is that good food? Um, yeah. But yeah, typically the real place to eat before you go in the ballpark and then you just get a couple hot dogs in like the fourth or the fifth and you just call it good. But yeah. uh, ballpark food, not great. But I do know T-Mobile's food is definitely up there in terms of variety as opposed yeah. to a lot of places uh, in the bigs. So yeah, it'd be nice to have some variety when I go to the ballpark. But nevertheless, well, you, know, you, know you can't bring outside food in. You can bring outside food in, though. I've seen people bring in like full pizzas and stuff like that. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You like can bring full... in outside food into Mariner games, but they have to be in clear plastic like containers. Uh, okay, I've seen people like because there's a pizza pizza right across the the street. I see people bring <laughs> a, a full box of pizza. It's not even good pizza. Yeah, it's not. It's not pizza. Yeah. Wait, pizza pizza. Yeah, pizza pizza. Like it's not like Caesar's? Little, no, it's not oh, like Little okay. But like it's it's, it's pretty. Pizza place it's called. pretty. It's it's pretty. Yeah, up here, uh, Little Caesars can't even say Pizza Pizza as their tagline because because pizza there's pizza, an actual. Pizza. Yeah, okay. there's an. Actual well, I don't think Little pizza. Caesars says Pizza Pizza. I think now it's just hot and ready or whatever. Yeah, that's what they say up here now. Yeah, yeah. Or what so I don't think they've done Pizza Pizza in a long time. But yeah, I'm yeah. a kid of the '90s, so right, right, right. Yeah, Pizza Pizza, yeah. and I would always say barely. They also have a pizza pizza inside the ballpark, but it's like $7 a slice for like one of the most mid slices of pizza you'll ever have in your entire life. There's also yeah. Mary Brown's chicken. Uh, you know, I did talk about the lack of variety, but Mary Brown's chicken is actually pretty good, but it's also really expensive. So, yeah. All right. That's enough food talk here on Lockdown Mares. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mares podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tiding Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tiding Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.